everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with Joe Henderson and Ira Kaufman. Well, while we were on holiday last week, ESPN made the announcement that Beth Mowens would be doing the play-by-play of the week one game between the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. Well, she becomes only the second woman ever to get the assignment of being a play-by-play voice on a regular season NFL game. Now, the first happened 30 years ago, back in 1987, when Gail Serens, then working for NBC, did the regular season game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks. Well, we just happened to have our old friend Gail Serens with us. And Gail, you know, thinking back 30 years and doing that game was uh, a groundbreaking situation. I don't think anybody thought that it would take 30 years to get another woman an opportunity to be the play-by-play voice of an NFL game. But when you look back on that game and that time, you know, is it something you reflect positively on? So I never get tired of that. It's, you know, and it's a fun thing to revisit. Obviously, I've been revisiting it a lot more in the last few weeks since the announcement with Beth. But, you know, let me go on record as saying I couldn't be happier or more proud of Beth Mullen. Because truthfully, and, and you know, I tell everybody this, I was a, a flash in the pan. You know, I we knew going in I probably wasn't going to do more than that game just because, just by virtue of a little baby history lesson here, I had done sports at Channel 8 for nine years, but I had left sports and I had become the news anchor when this opportunity came up for me to do the football game. Mm-hmm. So I was, given, I was given a choice by my station, and it was, a, a, it was a choice that they absolutely should have, you know, made me make. <clears throat> Excuse me. And that was, you know, if you want to go and experiment and find out if this is going to be your thing to be a play-by-play announcer in the NFL, have at it. But if you're going to be our news anchor – we can't have you flying off every Friday or Saturday to go do football games because that's confusing to our viewers here in Tampa, that in the Tampa Bay area, because, you know, we want you to be our news anchor woman. Um, and then personally, I had gotten married. I was pregnant with my first child when I did that football game. So, I mean, my family dynamic was, you know, such that was I going to roll the dice and maybe, maybe I have a career doing football or go with what was rock solid, a contract that I had just signed, um, being in my hometown, raising my family, and kind of having a better idea what my future would look like. It was the safer choice, but it was certainly the right choice for me too. Gail, isn't it unbelievable that all these years later, this is still a big news story. That That's uh that's phenomenal to me. What the Beth that, about Beth or yeah yeah, yeah about I mean, Beth yeah oh yeah, absolutely it, 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 I mean she's um you know this is a woman who has absolutely paid all her dues to be in this spot and she's going to be fabulous make no mistake about it I mean she already is I think um, you know I've had the opportunity to meet up with Beth on multiple occasions you know I've certainly she was doing a lot of Big Ten football games when I had a son up at Michigan State. You know, our paths have crossed in numerous different ways. She did a ton of Maddie's volleyball games um, when Maddie was playing at Penn State. You know, we our paths have crossed on multiple occasions. We've we've shared a glass of wine and broken a little bread together over the years. And no one, they could not have picked anyone any better than Beth Mowens to do this. She's just great. She's got a great voice. She's passionate about it. She does her homework. Um, she'll just be terrific. I'm so I am just so personally proud of her and happy for her. I can't tell you. I'm just she's just awesome. You know, Gail, um, you, 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 you know, you pay attention to the business, and you mentioned Beth. What other women are out there who could step up, in your opinion, and do uh, NFL play-by-play? I, I, I truthfully, I don't know. I don't have I don't have an answer for that. Because if they're doing play-by-play somewhere else, we're not probably seeing them. They might be doing some regional games here or there. But, I mean, I honestly don't know. And personally, I haven't even followed it enough to know um, if there are other women out there doing it. But what I see, 
particularly at the network level. Now, you know, as we get into, you know, obviously there are like 5,000 TV stations, cable stations now. So, um, you know, every every college football team can practically be on TV on some channel on any given Saturday. I am hopeful that there are some young women out there who are, you know, making their mark and, and coming up the ranks with play-by-play. But certainly, I don't know them. Um, and I, I just think that's a, too bad. I love the fact that we have so many young women, uh, every age woman, doing, um, you know, a lot of sideline stuff, a lot of post-game interviews. And, and make no mistake, post-game interviews are some of the hardest things to do. Yeah, it's great to interview the person who's just won, but quite often that's not who you're interviewing either. So you, you really have to be good at your job and really know, you know, what to ask and how to ask it. And I see a lot of women in those positions these days. And, you know, for that, I'm very proud as well. You know, Gail, do you see any gender barriers falling right now in terms of, uh, I think, Jessica Mendoza's, you know, she's becoming a big part of the, the baseball telecast. And I know. You know, Doris Burke um, is, is, is tremendous uh, in, in basketball. Um, may, maybe things are starting to thaw out a little, uh, uh, Gail. You know what, I, I hope you're right, I, and I think you are right. The question is how many women are out there that want to do it too. You know, play-by-play, play isn't it, it's not the glamour job. You know, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's the hardest job of the bunch to do, to get ready for. Um, and so, yes, in, in other sports, we're starting to see some women who are, you know, digging in and doing some of the play-by-play play, uh, stuff. But, you know, I don't have a field just because I don't really live in that world much anymore. I mean, Beth and I talk from time to time, but I don't live in that world and knowing who's the up-and-comers and who's looking for what. If they called me, I'd, I'd talk to them all day and give them whatever advice I have. But, you know, I honestly don't – I don't know who the up-and-comers are. I know who I see on television, uh, and so far so good. The, the women who have, have are carrying this torch – are doing a great job. They're certainly not setting back women in this profession, for sure. You know, Gail, you would talk about, um, you know, the Big Ten and how Beth got to do some uh, events there. Prior to that, the Big Ten was always very forward on that. Uh, someone who I had the pleasure of working with um, in the Washington area, Pam Ward. Pam oh, yeah. did uh, Big Ten football uh, on ESPN for almost a decade um on the early games and you know Pam was uh Pam was solid and that was something the Big 10 absolutely wanted. You know what? And I think they still do. I think the Big 10 is one of the more forward uh progressive um networks out there. I mean, I may be wrong about that, but that's certainly what I see. You know, Pam, there there are there have been a few Pams along the way, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who have have really, I think, made their mark. Pam Oliver being one of them. Um, you know, I just, I don't understand. I truly, to this day, don't understand why there aren't more. I do think there are now opportunities that didn't exist in the past. So I'm going to be anxious. I think as we look ahead, we're, I'm going to be anxious to see now that that Beth is doing this. Now that we are starting to see a woman here and a woman there doing broadcast play-by-play broadcast of other sports, I'm, I'm going to be anxious to see if, if more and more women start pursuing it. Um, again, it's play-by-play is not the glamour job. It's a hard job. The preparation that goes into mm-hmm. that is, you know, it, it's, 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 a, it's a, a week-long job getting ready to, to broadcast a football game. So, you know, I hope, I hope more women want to do it. Um, and then I hope those, obviously, I hope those opportunities are still there, or, or more of them are there, I should say. I'd be the first to agree with you that doing play-by-play is definitely difficult. But, you know, right now there's a number of women who, uh, who I think could do a good job uh, doing color on NFL games. Someone like Leslie Visser. Leslie's been around the sport for a number of years. Uh, people like Susie Culber, uh, you know, there's there's a number of women who could do a very good job on the NFL from a color standpoint if only they were given the opportunity. Well, I do. Th- I think most of the color jobs go to people who played the sport. I mean, yeah, by but, and large, but, you know, I agree with you on that. But some of them are just, you know, 
let's be honest. Just because you played the sport doesn't mean you know how to what you're talking about. Well, right. Just because you played sports doesn't mean you can be a broadcaster, and just because you're a right. broadcaster doesn't mean you can play a sport. Right. Um, you know, but I do think what you're you're going to see and continue to see, you know, like a Karch Karai. We're talking about a guy now, but a sure. Karch Karai. I mean, does anyone really know more about volleyball than him? So it it makes perfect sense that Karch is on every broadcast that the network is doing about any important volleyball match. And right. I think that's the way it's going to be. But what we're going to see in the face of the Karch Karai's is a lot of women athletes because, you know, I'm a pre-Title IX girl. So I mm-hmm. remember, yeah, it, we didn't see women getting scholarships and playing sports and being on TV. And when I was in high school and college, there was no ESPN. And, um, you know, it was, I guess, its its roots were starting when I was in, in college. But, you know, it's it's these opportunities now are endless, whether it's doing your own little local stuff, because even mm-hmm. local stations now are, will cover sporting events. I mean, if I were to do it all over, if I was to start all over as the, the 22-year-old who started at Channel 8, and, and, but I was living today, the first thing I would do is I'd go find myself a high school football game to do play-by-play for, which can happen now mm-hmm. because they put the high school games on TV on Friday nights. But, you know, th- those opportunities are here now, and I, I suspect we're going to see a flood of, of young women who want to become more involved and in in more of the play-by-play. But color is always going to be, it's, it's the glamour job. Like I keep saying, it's just kind of the glamour job. Play-by-play is the meat and potatoes. Dale, I got a question. Do you, you mentioned remember? Pam Oliver. Uh, Joe, one, one, just one second, Joe. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Pam Oliver. Uh, she worked in the Tampa market, uh, as you well know, Gail. I, I think it right. was um, maybe the early Georgia 90s. 13. Channel 13, yep. Yes. And she was one of the few that would take on Ray Perkins at the time, Gail, remember? And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. So you, you know, you kind of knew she tough. was going somewhere. And right. uh, Gail recently, um, you know, she was replaced maybe as the number one uh, sideline uh, reporter. And and she kind of talked about how uh, women might be treated differently uh, in that regard as they age. Um do you, do, do you understand what she was saying? Do you think there was any, is is there any merit to it, uh, Gail, in terms of being replaced by a by a younger woman? Uh, try to attract uh, you know more looks uh, from the viewers. Uh, do you understand what she was talking about? I do, I do. I mean, you know, certainly, if, if by and large, if you watch what's going on on those sidelines, post game, pre game interviews, whatever, the um, the demographic is much younger than it used to be. Um, Pam, on the other way, is just awesome at what she does, man. You know, nobody's going to walk away from one of her questions. She's not going to let that happen. You know, she is a seasoned professional. And, you know, I think she stood up for herself when all of that went down, uh, when they, she was sort of, you know, uh, losing some of her, um, what's the right word, visibility. Gotcha. And yep, she yep. fought for it and got it back, a lot of it back. Um, but I, they even as bigger than that probably is that Pam's been doing this for a long time, and she probably makes a good amount of money doing it. They can get these young women, and men for that matter. I mean, this is not a sexist thing. They can get these young people who are in their you know, mid to late 20s for a, who are so eager to start their career doing this, and they can get them for a song. You know, they, they, these kids will practically do this for free because it's getting their foot in the door. Um, you know, to your point, Gail. So I think Gail. there's that, too. I think there's that, too, that the, the whole money element of it as well. To your point, Gail, um, a lot of the college games that uh, you were seeing, right, we used to hire sideline reporters for 250 300 bucks. okay? Right. I was talking to a friend the other day. And I said, you know, you're putting your budget together for the, you know, for the college football season. How much are you going to be paying, you know, the uh, folks doing the sidelines? And he said somewhere between 250 and 500 bucks. And I'm thinking, my God, that was back in the 80s and 90s, and it hasn't changed. And you know, no, it, point, I think it changed. So much more. I think it changed, and then it went back. Is what I mm-hmm. think happened. I think it did change for a while. Right. But I think there's just such a flood. I mean, just look at how many stations are on the air doing a million games. They've got 
they, they, you know, they need a million different of these young people to even do these, to pull it off. And these, everybody wants to get their foot in the door. If I were a 20-something right now and I had the opportunity to do something like that, I'd do it for $250 in a heartbeat. You know, because this is, if this is what you want to do, mm-hmm. and someone's giving you the opportunity to do it at a pretty high level, you know, you don't care what you're getting paid in the beginning. And because we all know yep. the paydays for the bigger guys, Jim Nance isn't sad that he's probably started making $250 when he began, right? Right. Joe, you had a question? I don't, yeah, I don't think John Gruden started at 250 a game, but uh, that's beside the point. Uh, Gail, right. when, when, you, when you did um, the, that game back in, um, what was 1987, and it was yeah. obviously a huge news story, especially around here, um, you know, you got a lot of positive reinforcement from the press, but were there, were there any negative comments that were directed your way, either publicly or privately, that, that maybe hurt you or, or stung you in a way you didn't expect? You know, not really. Um, I will tell you, uh, you know, they, NBC sent me the box loads of mail um, that people, you know, had written to them. And uh, for every, you know, one bad, mean one, there were probably 50 nice ones. Um, uh, you have to expect that. I mean, you just have to expect it. You have to know you, you, your skin, just to be on TV, let me just put it this way. Your skin has to be a little thick just to be on TV anyway, because, you know, everybody's got an opinion about what they like your voice, if they like the way you look, if they like what you think, if they like the way you broadcast, whatever it is, you know, you have to have a a pretty thick skin to be able to take all of the stuff that comes with that. Um, You know, this is one of my favorite, (laughs) my favorite, favorite stories is I was, I don't even remember where I was, but this little, this tiny little older lady came up to me and she gave me, you know, like, grabbed me by both cheeks, like pinching my cheeks. And she said, Gail, honey, I'm so happy to meet you. You're so pretty in person to be so ugly on that TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you man. And, and, and thank, her mom, thank you, I think. The, yeah, <laughs> she had just paid me the highest compliment, you know, that, that she was, you know, it, it was just, that's what it's like being on TV. So, you know, you just take the good with the bad and you just chalk it all up to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. that was one of my favorite stories. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. We've on the uh, Sunshine Boys podcast here with Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves. I'm Jim Williams and our special guest, Gail Sanders. You know, Gail, a lot of people know of your abilities of doing the play by play NFL game, but I can actually remember something that I don't think has ever happened before and may not have happened again since. Um, There was a Rowdies game where I did the pregame and halftime and postgame show, and you did the play-by-play. This is on radio now. Did the play-by-play, and I cannot – I apologize. I cannot remember the young lady who was the Rowdies public relations director at the time. But the two of you did the game – yeah, it was Marsha. I can't remember Marsha's last name, but Marcia, yeah. you and Marsha did the rowdies on radio because Jack Harris was on assignment, you know, in Vietnam or something um, at the time. But it was on WFLA radio, and we did, you know, I did the pregame, halftime, and post, and you and uh, Marsha did the game. And I, to the best of my knowledge, I do not, you know, I've looked this up all over the place. I can't find out anywhere where two women, you know, did a soccer game on the radio in a major market. That was pretty funny. And I did a lot of the other Rowdies games, too. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled and did a, a bunch of those, too, which was a lot of fun back in the day because that was just such a, you know, a fun, crazy time in that sport. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I've ever heard of two women doing it. But, you know, I hate to say but I don't follow the media quite the way I used to. Uh, so there may be people out there doing it, and I just don't, I just don't know about it. I hope there are. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be great. But I'm just saying I think uh, that was a first for, that I can't find anybody that 
even came close to that early in the days when you guys did that uh, broadcast. Well, I, I will say this: I'm pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure, like for for volleyball, for you know that they have like Beth would do play by play, and I'm quite sure she did have times when, if Karch wasn't doing a game with her, that she would have, you know, some other woman that had played college volleyball who was her her color announcer. Um, I think they had two women on those kind of broadcasts, so you know, soccer, volleyball, probably in the Similar realm. Well, is there, a, is there a tape of Sirens uh, trying to pronounce all those foreign uh, soccer names? Well, the good of- news, Ira, that uh, <laughs> Gail backed me up on this one. One of the best things that uh, that the Rowdies ever did is they really didn't have a lot of of people with names that were difficult <laughs> to pronounce. A lot of a lot of those guys came from uh, English soccer teams, and so we were lucky. Right, in and sports. there was like John Clark and things. Right, like, exactly. Know, Rodney something Marsh. more simple. And- and, yeah, uh, those exactly. kind of guys. You know, it wasn't uh, like when I moved from sports into news and I was getting, you know, names like Charlie Kashvili and things like right. that. So. <laughs> Gail, what, what, what are some of your thoughts? You live in Tampa. You follow the Bucks closely. Um, you know, they've had a lot of bad years, Gail, together, uh, basically since Gruden uh, left in 08. Um, Gail, there's a lot of excitement in town. Where do you gauge where the Bucks are right now? Well, I think they're certainly at a, a place where they haven't been in a long time uh, in terms of the excitement. I think that, you know, people are really excited that Jameis is, you know, is the real deal, that he's getting, you know, he's got some of his youngster stuff behind him and that he's ready to, to turn a big old corner this year. So I think there's a lot of excitement there. And I think, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to know Darcy Kasowitz, um fairly well and who is uh, the, Mr. Glazer's daughter. And, you know, she has really embraced um, really trying to get our community, trying, particularly trying getting women, um, you know, really involved with the love of this sport and the love of this team. Um, and they do this red event. I don't know if you guys have been there. Have you been to follow coverage this I, red I event have, ever? Yep, I have. Uh, yeah, so they do this red event, and they have players who come back and, you know, are interviewed on stage, and they have all this sort of, hands-on kind of stuff that, that, that you can do. And I'm telling you, the place is just packed with women and men. It's supposed to be red for women, but, you know, men can't help themselves. If there's anything with football going on, they've just got to be there too. And they allow it. They certainly can't just say, no, you can't come in. But um, I think that that between what's going on in the office at the Bucks and what's going on in the field at the Bucks, that this is a, a, a very exciting time for them. I really do. I'm, I'm anxious for this season to begin and just see – What's going to happen? Um, I'm I'm hearing that vibe from a lot of other people as well. Joe, any questions? Gail, yeah, I, I I am kind of an overreaching question that that it kind of would cover both news and sports. And oh boy, um, here we go. <laughs> here we go. You you know me, Gail. I'm going to come out with uh, something weird. But uh, if you could. <laughs> If if you were queen of the world one day and you could make a change in how TV news and or sports is presented, what would it be? Hmm. Boy. I mean, that's something I think I'd really have to think about. Um, you know, it's so funny because I, here I, you know, I was, obviously I worked in a, in a nightly news environment and now I'm kind of a, you know, an all-day news hound. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to say what I would do to change it. I, I, when I look at Channel 8, obviously that's who I watch when I'm, I'm watching local news. I see um, much younger reporters. I see a lot more reporters, so they're able to cover more events. And I see that the shorter the stories are shorter and more succinct, and they're in, they're out. You know, I am a 60 minutes. I'm I'm like, give me the long story, give me the, you know. And that's what I think has changed. Back in the day, we used to even be able to do like when I would get go out and do these people profiles. You know, I would be given three, four, sometimes five minutes for a story to air. That never happens anymore. And I think that's something that I kind of miss about local news is that you can't, you know, these long get to know you, someone in your community stories, um, they don't exist, I don't think, in the TV version of, of the news world. 
they certainly do with what you guys do. You can write these fabulous, you know, long stories and, and, and people can, you know, um, really get to know uh, a lot about someone or something. But I don't see TV following that these days. I think it's like get in, get out, let's see, you know, keep it moving, keep it happening, blah, blah, blah. That's, to me, one of the bigger changes that's happening. I'm not sure if I answered your question, but that's um, what I see as one of the, the, the bigger changes from when I first came. No, I would yeah, agree with you on that uh, completely. And then, but I would add this, that um, particularly in the morning, I notice this because I, I'm like you, I, I get up and I'm, I've got to have my news fix, uh, you Me know, too, right yeah. away. And, uh, and I'll turn on channel eight um, because, you know, uh, the relationships You're that, loyal. I read, right. uh, that we had with them and, but what I will see, and, it, and this is not an indictment strictly of Channel 8, but it's of, of all local stations. It's invariably the overnight story is who got shot or, or what building burned down right. or what, you know, what crime was committed. And there is stuff going on in the city, and, and, and this is true in the sports world as well, that doesn't get reported because the, I guess the, the feeling is well that there's not good video to support that or that's not a that's not a TV story if i could change one thing i would i would change that i would get back into the meat and potatoes more of what is going on in your city that that people need to know and affect but and you, and less on you, the you, sensational you've answered your own question because if there's not video to support something or there's not a live shot or if there's not then it's very hard in a, a very visual medium to then tell that story. Um, people who embrace their newspaper, they want to they sit down. They want to take time to read what you, you've written. You know, they want to take the time to, to, to not just read the headlines, but, you know, to, to get the deeper. When people are watching the news, their expectation is exactly what you just said. In, out, tell me the headlines. What did I miss overnight? What did I, what's going on today? What's the weather going to be like? You know, uh, are the school buses running on time? I mean, that is what it's become, but it's only become that because that's what people want. You know, we're old school, but that's what the lion's share of the people want. They want to turn their TV on in the morning, and they want to get, you know, the information of what, you know, what roads are jammed up, what the weather's going to do, you know, what's going on at the kids' schools. That's what they want to see and and you know you see almost any i mean channel eight for example goes on the air now at four in the afternoon and then they go through to six thirty. then they come back on at seven and then they go do uh the eight o'clock news and channel from our studios on grade 38 at eight you know and then there's 11 if you're not catching if there's not a newscast that doesn't that doesn't have something in it that you want I don't know what else you can do because there's a lot, a lot of news on. And you would think, Joe, to your point, that that because there are those time spaces, that you would be able to have some of those longer stories that, you know, are, 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 are visual and, and really like really storytelling. But that is just not the way they do it anymore. It just doesn't get done that way. Well, they're stuck yeah, to a gotta... wheel. And that wheel just keeps you know, going. They, the most important, I had a news director in Washington tell me that um, he basically got rid of the sports department because, you know, predominantly women watch the, the news from four to six and their priority is weather. And he said, why am I spending a hundred thousand dollars? I'm sorry. That's the priority of most stations is their weather department. Yep. And he said that why should I pay uh, a sports anchor $150,000 uh, for two and a half minutes? He right. said uh, – Oh, I, no, I those can, days are long gone. Yeah. Those I days can, are long gone. I can have them on, and he goes, we need to have weather, and we need to have features, and things have to keep moving. But I would, yeah. I would offer this up, and then we'll talk – we'll go back to the sports scene. I would offer that CNN – when Reese Schoenfeld used to run CNN, he had a voice of God button. And um, when someone would tarry off a little bit, 
and give a bit of an opinion. You would see Reese punch the button and scream out, did I ever ask you for your opinion? I don't care about your opinion. Nobody cares about your opinion. Give me the news. Um, poor Reese <laughs> could would probably go absolutely. Oh God, it, he. I don't think Reese could uh, could handle how CNN and and MSNBC and and Fox has changed the dynamic of oh from gosh. news to entertainment. Absolutely. I, I agree a hundred percent, but you know what? They give people what they want. Sure. They don't do this. They don't do this. Like we're going to beat our chest and do it this way. Cause this is the way we think it should be done. Everything they do, they do because the public tells them this is how they want it. Whether you're talking a local level uh, and markets that are big enough to get that kind of, you know, afford that kind of research, which, you know, the Tampa Bay area is certainly one of those. Mm-hmm. Or are you talking about the networks? I mean, it's it's not an accident that things get done the way they get done. Somebody is, you know, there's been a lot of money spent and a lot of research done to come up with those um, the, those ways of doing things. Jim, I got a question for Gail. It might be a little self-serving, but Gail, you're you're a news junkie. You admit it. You don't try to hide it. I watch a lot of news. And uh, let's just put it this way: I have it on a lot. <laughs> I don't always Gail. watch it, but I have it on. Um. Uh, Give me your insight into uh, one of the big stories that's going on, I think, uh, in, in American media, uh, and we had it right here in Tampa, is uh, the demise of, of newspapers, Gail. I mean, it's happening. Uh, the Trib's gone uh, for a year. Uh, I think we're the lesser for it. Uh, but it's happening in, across the country. There's going to be one newspaper town. Sometimes there might be a zero newspaper town. Now, Gail, you, you tell me, but you know, TV stations – um, you know, they, they rely on newspapers sort of to uh, set priorities and, and what's newsy uh, in, in that particular town. So, Gail, as, as these papers, uh, you know, start disappearing, uh, what's going to be the impact on uh, local TV stations? Um, you know what? I think that they've weaned themselves off of them already, to be honest with you, because you know, it's just such a different medium. They're only interested, TV stations are not only interested, they obviously, when they get on, they want to be factual. They want to make sure they've got all of their, all of their facts straight. But it's, it's get in, get out. You know, tell me what, you know, tell me who did it. Tell me why they did it. Tell me what's going to happen next story. Tell me who did it. Tell, you know, that's what, what, what is going on. You know, I, we still get the newspaper. I literally just sit at the end of my little island in my kitchen and I do my crossword every morning. It's part of my morning routine. Without my crossword, I am an angry woman. <laughs> I'm kidding, but you know what I'm saying? But I sure. don't think the whole world feels that way anymore. And I think it's, it's sad. I think it's sad, but I think, you know, it, it's just the way of the world. I mean, look, I get so much of my information on my phone. If there's a news alert, I know it because of my phone. Um, it beeps and lets me know. And then I look and I say, oh, my God, you know. Um, it, it's just our, our days, the way it was when, when we all got started, those days are not just gone. They're long gone. Our children, my children, who are now 25, 27, 28, would – not dream of picking up a newspaper, I don't think. You know, why would they? They've got everything they need in the palm of their hand. Yeah. So, well, you know, it, it, is, it, is, it is a fact, uh, Gail, to reinforce your, your point, that try to think of a significant news story, sports, news, weather, whatever, in the past four or five years that hasn't broken first on Twitter. Right. You can't find them. Right. I mean, that I Twitter is, is uh, I mean, look at look at the president, but Twitter is probably the world's breaking news source, number one breaking news source anywhere. And had a, for a love up this morning with that, but, you know, he, yeah. he twittered and then he had a, a made up word at the end of it for folly or something. Yeah. You know? And the Twitterverse <laughs> is having a, a wonderful time with that, too, I might add. But, uh, but yeah, sure. you're right. And, 
that goes to your get in, get out uh, theory that people just give me the facts, tell me what's happening. And if I'm interested enough in it, I'll go find out more about it. And most of the time, they don't know where it's coming from. Well, you know what? I just, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm almost as bad as the kids, but I'm not as bad because I still like to open up the paper and I still look at the headlines. But that headline has to get me, you know? That headline has to say to me, this is not something I'm going to pick up my phone and get the same way. Right? Sure. And in many cases, yeah. when you pick it up, it's six hours old. Right. Right. So. So. Anyway, but let's I'll go back to stop sports my for a couple of minutes. I need my crossword every day. <laughs> oh, we'll make sure that we get you a crossword. Let's go back to sports, crossword guys. Crossword and sports section. Those are the two yeah, things exactly. I have to have. Uh, since we've got Gail here, and, you know, it's all Tampa got people at the moment. I'm going to go through the, through the bunch of you here, and give me three or four of your favorite Tampa people that you've interviewed and covered over the years. Start with you, Mr. Henderson. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be hard to get in and get out, but I'll try to be quick. Um, yeah, you're not, I didn't say it had to be quick. Just Okay. Well, Joe, Joe Madden. Um, okay. Unbelievable. He He's right near the top of the list. Uh, the old uh, lightning coach, John Tortorella, was – Lord. Uh, he, he was uh, – I got along great with him, and – um, you know, wish him nothing but the best, um, for, for all of his ups and downs and, you know, controversies and everything, John Gruden was, could be, could be tremendous. Uh -huh. And, um, I'll go, I'll go old school, uh, and, uh, say John McKay. Uh, I just loved listening to that man, loved talking to that man. He was, he was something else. Okay. Kaufman. I'm going to go with a guy, somebody who's no longer with us. Uh, Gail dealt with him many times over the years, I'm sure. Uh, and I and I miss George Steinbrenner. I miss him. Yeah. Um, I think the best story I ever wrote for the Trib was a in-depth profile on Steinbrenner. He gave me four hours at Malio's one afternoon. Uh, we were having lunch, and all these uh, all these monsignors and priests were coming by at Malio's. This is the old Malio's, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you know, they kept interrupting my, my, my flow. I'm trying to ask Steinbrenner questions about the Yankees, and, uh, you know, Monsignor Higgins is stopping by to say hello. But the guy was fascinating. You didn't always agree with what he did, but he loved Tampa. It was his adopted town. Uh, and now you got Jeff Vinnick, uh, who, Gail, I call Steinbrenner without the bluster uh, in terms of uh, loves his adopted town, spends all kinds of money, very charitable, um, very passionate, uh, and he, you know, Vinnick is going to change uh, the actual look uh, of downtown Tampa. There's no question about yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He, Absolutely he's doing it right is. now. Um, and Joe mentions, you know, the Grudens, the Tortorellas, the Maddens. He's right about that. Uh, and I'll throw in, uh, you know what, even though this guy didn't talk to me uh, for a long time, uh, I, <laughs> it was always an event whenever he would talk, and that's Warren Sapp. Um, and Gail knows that uh, when he was at his locker, uh, we'd surround him in like a semicircle, and he'd put a towel in front of him, and he, he'd spit tobacco. And you better keep your distance, otherwise you're going to get the tobacco on it. But when you cut through it all, the guy was very, the guy's very intelligent, and he was great copy. And that's, Gail, at the end, that's all we care about, great copy. <laughs> so I have some of the similar ones that you guys have. I, I agree with the George Steinbrenner. Uh, and and I was fortunate enough to know George and, and, and I would sit in the stands at Little League games with his grandson and my own kids. And so I even knew him a little different way sometimes than, uh, than everybody else did. But one of my favorite George Steinbrenner stories is he was doing something down at the port. There was some big news story. And um, Steve Andrews, our investigative reporter, was covering it and um, – and George, after the press conference was over, George calls me and says on a rant, I mean, he is furious, that this year reporter from Channel 8 asked me, blah, 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 blah. It was inappropriate. It was out of line. And so I went to Steve and I said, Steve, you know, George is, is really angry about something you asked. And I asked, I said, what did you ask him? And I said, what, what, did you ask him this question? And he goes, no, that wasn't me. 
So I call George back, and I tell him, I'm like, that wasn't Steve. This was, it was so-and-so. And he goes, oh, oh okay, well, how's the family? <laughs> George. <laughs> so it didn't, you know. It's in phases. You know, that, that's phases. the way he was. He was so full of bluster in one way. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was just wanted – he was a sweetheart in other ways. He was always great to me. I, I could never say uh, a bad thing about him. Um, he was always very, very um, generous in terms of, you know, there was still not a lot of women hanging out covering these things back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was always very generous with time, and, and, uh, and I appreciate that. You know, Gail, it's, it's funny, I, and I – I can't believe I left George off my list. Um, he should have been right up there. But remember the, when he was banned for life from baseball for some shenanigans he was pulling? And uh, I had to write a story about it for the Tribune. And Tom McEwen, the, uh, the sports editor at the time, uh, had written a very flattering column because he was friends with George, as everyone knew. And right. And it, it was in contrast to my story about, well, he was messing around with this small-time gambler and, he, you know, trying to find uh, dirt on Dave Winfield and blah, blah, you know, so on and so forth. So Tom calls me up at home uh, the night uh, after the, the story was in the paper and says, well, I just talked to George and he loved my column and hates your story and told me to tell you to never call him again. <laughs> oh, said, boy. I, I said, okay. <laughs> so exactly one week later, almost to the minute, I get a call from Tom McEwen. And he says, yeah, uh, Sports Illustrated's got a, a, a piece in there saying that uh, George got railroaded and, and he wants you to call him. Uh, George wants you to call him so you can he can talk about it. So <laughs> George uh, might... Uh, Scream at you one minute and the, and the next minute throw his arm right. around you and uh, you just learn to kind of roll with it with George. He was, you know, most of the time when he got really really mad, he he didn't mean it, and you know, within twenty minutes he had forgotten about it. So, exactly, exactly. We um but one real quick Steinbrenner story from our standpoint. Well, I used, we did the opening day at Tampa Bay Downs when he just bought the track, and. Um, he came by the truck, and we were getting ready for the show, and Dave Johnson was supposed to fly down to be the host. And Dave, of course, right. had had all the history of you know, being with ABC and you know, had been pretty much the, the voice of horse racing. And Dave's plane got hung up because of snow in New York. So George comes to me and says – Dave's not here. I said, yeah, I know. What are we supposed to do? You know, should we bring somebody from you know, our staff? He goes, no, no, no. Scooter can do it. And I'm like, well, you know, I know that he does baseball interestingly, but you really think he should be doing horse racing? Ah, not a problem. So we start the first oh, boy. race, and, you know, Phil Rizzuto is doing it, and he's going, that brown horse is really great. And I'm like, oh, no, please, God, just stop. So after we went two and a half hours in my career, I thought had ended, George comes out and he goes, is that great TV or what? And I don't think we got anything right in two and a half hours. But for George, it didn't matter. Scooter was doing his rap. He was having a good time. We interviewed Tommy John. We got all the Yankees on. What more could you want? The fact that we didn't get anything right in the horse races, that, so what? But um, he just liked TV, and he liked um, he liked it when things went right. And he, he certainly, um, I think we all lucked out in being able to spend time with someone and seeing someone who is – a legend, and there never is going to be anything or anyone like him again. I mean, there just isn't. And um, it was a pleasure to be able to spend time with him. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. Loved his family, you know, and, and, and loved, loved, loved his community. Yeah, uh, he did. Yeah, he loved Tampa. He did. Loved Absolutely. All right, guys, final thoughts on social media. Mr. Kaufman will go with you. All right, you can get me on Twitter at iCouseman76. Uh, first, I'd like to thank uh, Gail Stearns. 
for taking time away from her crossword puzzle uh, to, to join us. It's already morning. done today, Ira. No worries. Um, and I just want to make this other point. Uh, look, a lot of people point to Gail Sterens and, and talk about her uh, breaking ground as a pioneer. And you know what? Let's not forget that Gail Sterens, for so many years, was kind of the news voice of the Tampa Bay community. She doesn't want to think of herself that way, but that's true. No. It's just the way it was. And, you know, I watch uh, uh, FLA now, and, uh, you know, they do the best job they can, but it's not the same. And a big reason for that is that Gail Searns is doing crossword puzzles instead of sitting behind that anchor <laughs> desk. So, you know, uh, we miss her. We miss her. Ira, uh, you, you're... You're so sweet. You've always been a softie for me. You know that, right? You always Thank love you, to dear. tell me jokes and just you're just a riot. And I, I miss that's what I miss about my job. I miss seeing the people that I used to see. That's the the biggest thing I miss for sure. Back to you, Jimmy. Back to you. Well, now to Mr. Henderson. You got your uh, final thoughts in social media. Well, uh, you can uh, reach me on Twitter at J Henderson Tampa. And um, I would echo Ira's remarks. He stole all my thunder, which is not unusual. And um, Gail and I go way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and all I can say is I know how much fun I had on my journey, and I suspect she had at least triple that uh, with all the things she has accomplished. And She's probably not comfortable with the idea of being uh, a trailblazer, a role model, and uh, and such an important figure to so many women in this country. I didn't fully appreciate that until I read a, a recent profile on her by former Tampa Tribune columnist Martin Fennelly, now with the Tampa Bay Times. And you, you got a, a sense of how important uh, Gail doing that one NFL game back in 1987 uh, was to so many people. And uh, she uh, she deserves every good thing that she gets. And um, I know that when I called her to uh, see if she could uh, s- uh, spare some time uh, to be on our podcast, she uh, didn't even hesitate. And I, I expect to know less. So, Gail, thank you. We appreciate it. Oh. And uh, you're the best. I miss seeing you guys. Can we have lunch or something? Sure. <laughs> I respond. It. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's on the expense account. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, look, I, I've i been a member of the Gail Serens fan club since we were both in our early 20s, and she's been very kind to me over the years, worked with uh, me on the SEC. Uh, this SEC Weekly, um, she is without a doubt a class act, and um, whether she likes it or not, she's got a fan club, and whether she likes it or not, she is without question one of the most professional people I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, and also, I've, I'm getting over the fact that she struck me out in a softball game uh, back <laughs> Played. And um, you know, Jimbo, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking jock, that wasn't man. real Jimbo, hard. Still a jock. What's that, Joe? <laughs> I said I'm still. I'm a thinking jock. that really was playing sports. Jimbo, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking that you were not what we would call a hard out. I'm just gonna guess. Uh, I, I had a lifetime two sixteen <laughs> batting average in Little League. What are you kidding me? Yeah, but, there you uh, go. Uh, but impressive. anyway. Uh, putting a bow on this, we thank Gail for joining us, and uh, we've had a lot of fun with her. And come back when you get a chance, and we wish you, you and, tell uh, me when. the best. And uh, you know, we we all can help you with the crossword if uh, if if ever there's a need. But uh, <laughs> I get stuck. I, get stuck. I do have one but, final question for Gail go ahead. before we let go her go. Gail, you are a loyal Florida State Seminole, correct? Yeah, I am. All right. Who do you have in the season opening game between Florida State and Alabama? <laughs> well, I'm going to say that I 
think Alabama will win, obviously. But I think Florida State. But I think Florida State um, will make a good showing. I mean, it's Alabama for the love of God. How do we get Alabama? You know. Because you're Florida State, and people want to see a good football game. I know. I know. You know what? I, truthfully, I haven't even done enough research to know how good or bad or indifferent we're going to be this year. I really haven't. But, um, but you know, obviously I'm rooting for Florida State. And one of my really good girlfriends is a, a Bama girl, so we, we will definitely have a little small wager going on that. But, um, but, yeah, you know, back to all of you kind-hearted men who have just said all those nice things. You know, back in the day when all of us would hang, and see each other passing in halls and at different events and stuff. You know, you were always great to me. You were always awesome to me. And that was such a gift to me. And I, and I don't want to hang this call up before I, I let you guys know. You know, any woman who was in my position, to have people be surrounded by people like you would be very, very, very fortunate indeed. Um, because I never felt like anyone came to me, of you three, with any agenda, with anything other than to be helpful and supportive. And you know what? That's a beautiful thing. So thank you guys for being that for me. I really appreciate it. Well, that brings to a close yet another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. And, you know, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can. It's very simple to do. You can go to the iTunes store. That's not a trouble. You can go to Blog Talk Radio. You can go to Google Play, or you can go to Stitcher, where you can find a number of fantastic podcasts of all genres, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, whether it's general interest, any of it. You can go to Stitcher. You can find us. You can find a ton of wonderful podcasts. So there's no excuse for you not to be able to subscribe freely, of course, to the Sunshine Boys podcast. Well, for Ira Kaufman, and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves. For our very, very, very special guest, Gail Serens, I'm Jim Williams, your host. Have a wonderful week, and until next time, be safe out there and enjoy whatever sports you're watching.